Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Thursday, January 9th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, traditional first aid teaches bystanders to administer immediate care to people who are hurt. Mental health first aid has the same idea, except the pain being treated as emotional, not physical. I think it's really just about creating that really strong, robust safety net. Uh, Just because, unfortunately, we can't have therapists everywhere that we want. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports on Missourians taking mental health first aid classes. First, the headlines. The 2020 Missouri legislative session is underway. House and Senate members took care of minor procedural issues during yesterday's first day. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jacqueline Driscoll reports, Republicans and Democrats in the House also outlined their priorities for the year. The state budget will be an important discussion coming into this session, especially as the Republican caucus may be at odds with Governor Mike Parson. House Speaker Elijah Haar from Springfield says there's not been any consensus on revenue yet this year, but discussions are ongoing. We've budgeted in years without a consensus revenue estimate, but we continue to be hopeful that those discussions will be fruitful and um, we'll wait for the governor's recommendations next week. Democrats say they're hoping to debate gun control and improve access to health care. Republicans want to see changes to the redistricting portions of the Clean Missouri Amendment, and both agree urban violence will be an important conversation, too. In Jefferson City, I'm Jacqueline Driscoll, St. Louis Public Radio. Ferguson could face disillusion unless serious financial threats can be resolved. Interim City Manager Jeffrey Bloom is offering that dire assessment. It came yesterday during a hearing on Ferguson's efforts to implement police and court reforms mandated in a 2016 consent agreement with the U.S. Department of Justice. Bloom told a judge that the cost of that agreement, the possible loss of federal funds if the upcoming census shows a population loss, and expenses that could come from two lawsuits all threaten Ferguson's existence. The director of St. Louis Lambert International Airport says it's easier to get down to business and employees are relieved now that privatization has been shelved. Rhonda Hamnibrugi told commissioners yesterday that documents gathered during the process will be released soon. She says that includes ideas for improving the airport, some of which could happen without privatization. I hope going forward that it means that we can have a more strategic unified voice of what really do we want from our airport and what do our tenants, what do our airlines want, what's important to them. St. Louis Mayor Lida Krusen is expected to officially end the airport privatization process next week. Hamney Brugge also says the airport is negotiating to bring an international flight to St. Louis. The Belleville News Democrat is moving to Public Square in Belleville. The newspaper says it will relocate to a building on the northwest corner of the square. It is close to the newspaper's old headquarters, which burned down 121 years ago. The newspaper sold its current building in September. It has not announced when it will be making this move. The Belleville News Democrat is a news gathering partner of St. Louis Public Radio. 
Our most recent cut and paste podcast focuses on the closing of a much-loved venue on the corner of Cherokee Street and Jefferson Avenue. Our Jeremy Goodwin speaks with the former owner and an ex-manager of Foam, which shut down for good last month. That's on our website, stlpublicradio.org, or wherever you get podcasts. When someone gets a chicken bone stuck in their throat and can't breathe, many people know how to dislodge it. That's thanks to countless hours of first aid classes. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports, a growing mental health first aid movement aims to treat mental health emergencies with the same care and urgency. Sherelle Anthony was a teenager when she started having mental health problems. Her parents didn't know what to do. I don't think my family had any clue what was going on. They took her to therapy, but it was years before doctors diagnosed her with bipolar disorder. This is kind of the thing that's hushed and swept under the rug and not dealt with. She struggled to talk to her family about her mental health. Now Anthony, a minister and chaplain, is a parent to her own 13-year-old foster daughter who's having issues herself. Anthony wants to be there for her in a way her family couldn't be. looking for those big swings, right? So crying That's one of the reasons she decided to go to a mental health first aid training class at the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse. She was there to learn what to say when someone has a mental health crisis. Excessive behavior on one end or the other of the spectrum. The mental health first aid classes teach people to recognize a person having mental health or addiction problems and steer them toward assistance. That could be a counselor, a hospital, or a hotline. Stacy Zellin is a community educator with the St. Louis organization and one of the trainers at Anthony's class. You could be a general layperson or you could be the best heart surgeon in the world. There are certain similar things that we're going to do in terms of first aid. She says the goal isn't to diagnose or treat, just like traditional first aid's goal isn't to fix a broken leg. Instead, she says, it's about keeping people safe and comforting those who are scared, depressed, or dealing with another trauma. I think it's really just about creating that really strong, robust safety net. Uh, Just because, unfortunately, we can't have therapists everywhere that we want. A nurse and a professor in Australia created the Mental Health First Aid Framework in 2001. And it's catching on. In Missouri, more than 50,000 people have taken a mental health first aid class. There are slight differences to the training depending on the age of the participants, but the basic steps of mental health first aid remain the same. Classes use the acronym ALGI. First, they assess if the person is in danger. Then they listen, give support, and encourage appropriate help. That could be professional help or self-help, like social interaction or exercise. On the program's official website, there's a video showing these steps in action. So, Mary, you seem upset. Um, What's going on? Like most role-playing videos, it's kind of corny. You know, I think government, I think, they're controlling my thoughts. I can hear them all the time, just talking. In the video, a person sees his neighbor acting erratically. She says she's hearing voices. So you say the government is listening to your thoughts. That must be very scary. The neighbor doesn't tell her the voices aren't there, and he doesn't try to soothe her with platitudes or tell his own story. Instead, he keeps her safe and listens. At the end of the video, he convinces her to call a crisis team. The steps can be especially helpful for teens, who often lean on their peers for support. So it's look, ask, listen, help your friends. Chris Allen is a counselor at Northwest High School in Jefferson County. Last year, the school's whole junior class took the course, and after the class, he says, more students sought out school counselors. We, we do see with our students, they're, they're opening up, they're talking, um, they're recognizing mental health is, is a real thing. 
That's another benefit of the training, he says. Treating a mental health crisis as if it were an asthma attack or broken bone shows mental health problems are nothing to be ashamed of. But both Zellin and Allen say mental health first aid has its limits. Directing people to help can only be effective if there are professionals available to see patients. And Allen says sometimes kids need to wait months before an appointment. We have more kids that need mental health services than ever, and it's just uh, we're inundated. Sherelle Anthony knows that all too well. The licensed minister and chaplain is often the first and only person people can come to, and she's glad she can help. Knowledge is power. And I want all the knowledge that I can have um, to be effective wherever I may be. She hopes the training helps her learn to listen and understand. I'm Sarah Fentum, St. Louis Public Radio. Our David Casares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adultifer. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.